Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm Scott Nicol. I'm your host. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Travis Morgan, and we're joined by two very special guests, Dan and Charms from Two Blues Podcast. Who would have believed on the day that the news breaks that Liverpool are in for Caicedo, Liverpool are in for Lavia, Chelsea are in for Lavia, Chelsea are in for Caicedo, who knows what's going on, and Liverpool play Chelsea on Sunday. This is like some sort of fixture gods of just set this week up to be a sweaty day on the sweatiest day of the year. I don't know about you, Dan and Charms, as Chelsea fans, but as a Liverpool fan, I needed a shower when I get in from work today because I've been sweating all day reading Twitter. What about you two lads? It's been non-stop, isn't it? it just, it's, it's been one rumour after another. Somebody's come out and said something, then the next person five minutes out said something completely different. Everybody's contradicting each other. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to believe, but... If if anyone, you know, if we are to believe the latest rumours, then it's going to be an interesting 24 hours because I think everyone's being given the same deadline and they just put your highest bid in. So <laughs> it remains to be seen. I think I think at this point, we're just both delaying each other from being able to get a player in by Sunday yeah. so that no, one, no one's got a midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be yeah, signing no. anyone in time to be playing Sunday. What about you, Charms? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I woke up at 10.30 this morning seeing the Kane Dubai in these. I thought that was going to be the biggest thing of the day. My phone's been like the House of Commons. just won't shut up. Every five minutes, <laughs> I'm getting a new thing about Caicedo, this guy, Lavia. So everyone just breathe and just l- let it happen. Like, what's what's going on right now? We're arguing. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. obviously, it has to be just before we play each other. You know what I mean? has to be. Absolutely, absolutely. The fixture gods have smited us, um, especially Liverpool being away to Stamford Bridge. I'd have a whole different demeanour about myself and my outlook on the start of the season if it was at Anfield, but I'm absolutely dreading it, but we're going to get into that. Travis, you've been linked with Lavia, you've been linked with Caicedo. What's your thoughts on today's events before we get into Liverpool versus Chelsea? I think they're both going to watch the game together on Sunday and whoever wins, they'll both end up... No, all banter aside, I don't really know. Like Liverpool, from their perspective, it's a weird one. They're saying they've got no money, but then they're bidding for Caicedo, um, but they can't afford Lavia, which don't make any sense at all. Chelsea have chased Caicedo all summer, so you'd like to think that deal would get done. But for them to go into the Lavia thing, I think that's just sort of like forcing Brighton's hand a little bit to say, do you know what, release the shackles, you're just being too stubborn now with the fee. And it's it's blatantly obvious that he wants to go Chelsea. So that's basically my opinion on it. And I think Lavia will probably end up at Liverpool um, when push comes to shove. But yeah, we'll see what happens. It's interesting. I just can't believe Liverpool are in for Caicedo at all. If we're haggling over the price for Lavia over, what, 3 million, 4 million, 5 million. How are we all of a sudden going to be sanctioning the kind of spend it would take to get Caicedo in, which is going to be upwards of or more than 90 million. And then off the back of that, if we were going to spend that on Caicedo, we would have bought Bellingham. So it's just all a smokescreen and I ain't got a clue what's going on. Um, Dan, Charms, do you care to give an opinion on where they'll both end up? come Sunday. I imagine at least one of them will be signed by Sunday, but I can't imagine any of them would play. It's Thursday night now. None of them are going to be thrown into any team, but we're not in for Caicedo. Um, Dan, but I liked your reel the other day about the kind of ballers you could have bought for the same kind of Caicedo money. Was it Tyler Adams, Romeo Lavia, and who was Mm. the third one? 
Uh, Michael Alise was the other one that we've been linked to. Yeah. Obviously, he's he's injured at the moment and he's not a DM, um, so not a, an exact replacement. But yeah, with the 100 million and obviously Brighton going back a couple of weeks or even a couple of months said that they value Moises Caicedo the same, if not more than, what Arsenal paid for Declan Rice. So that's 105, 110. I, I fully expect Chelsea to put the 100 million on the table and be rebuffed and say, we want more money. That would be a very, very Brighton thing to do as well. But with that money, you could buy those three players. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Tyler Adams has been confirmed today. 20 million. Um, I've got to question that a little bit, given that we did give Ethan Ampadu to Leeds a few weeks back for a third of the price. And he's a player that's exactly the same profile. And he's fit at the moment. We've just spent another 20 million on a player that's not fit. Um, but I mean, it's it's hard to predict. I can't I can't disagree with Trav. I think the logical one is Caicedo to Chelsea, Lavia to to Liverpool. I think both clubs are at a situation now where you're so far gone. It just makes sense to put up the the two or the five million in in Liverpool's case and the ten million in Chelsea's case. It it's one of those where push comes to shove. You need a midfielder and and needs must. We are getting to that point of the season where if if the other club wants to turn around and go. Oh, we want 60, 70 mil in Liverpool's case or Brighton go 120 mil. It puts Chelsea and Liverpool in a really awkward position because we can't go into yeah. the season with with no central midfielders between us. No. Absolutely. And you've got to remember as well, Charms, that these are human beings with feelings. Lavia might have his heart set on Liverpool according to reports. Same with Caicedo now. You know, you can't go into the fest of September with both of them still at the club. It makes no sense. And that's where something's got to give. But for you, Charms... We what way are you hoping it goes? Me personally, I've I wanted Casado all day long. As soon as we pulled out of Bellingham, yeah. I was like, everything into Casado, and I even done a, a short. Whoever signs Casado will have a massive chance to win the league. Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like if you were to put Lavia into a pack a punch machine, you would get Casado out of it. So I feel like on that note, <laughs> with, especially with the fundings that both teams have available, I think that the only thing that really makes sense, especially as you said, Liverpool not wanting to fork out earlier in the season. You know, saying that certain players are out of their budget and then they're just happy to go for a £90 million bid in for a player that's a rival's target doesn't make sense. I feel like in the end of the day, Caicedo's going to end up at Chelsea. He's been talking about it. He clearly wants the move. I feel like it's kind of where he can see himself playing the better football anyways. And I feel the same about Lavia with Liverpool. Kind of clearly wants to go there. It's just a question of just saying screw it and just hitting them, hitting the table with exactly what they're asking for. Because in the end of the day, both clubs have got that hole in them and they just need it filled pause but um if by the by the time that the season's in full swing and the transfer windows like completely over i'd be shocked if both of those teams hadn't found them both of those players hadn't found themselves for the team they're going for so i will say chelsea will end up with kai Seda. i don't know about by sunday even if you know i can't imagine they play regardless now but i didn't even know if any of those are going to get done by sunday i would hope that they both are i feel like once one's done the other's just going to get done like that i feel like yeah. there's a lot of Naggling over one that's causing the delay in another. So let's just see what happens. But I can imagine that Chelsea's going to end up with Caicedo, and on that note, Lavi will end up at Liverpool. Will you be happy with that? Is that what you want? Absolutely. I'll take the pack a punch version every single day of the week. We're on wave 40 <laughs> out here. Liverpool have got no clue what's going on. They're on dog rounds. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll be, be, honest. I'll be honest. I think I'd, I'd be happy with either. Beggars can't be choosers at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the danger for Liverpool is I don't think I don't think um I think Chelsea can afford to actually buy both if they really wanted to and they really want <laughs> Travis. To. I'm not even joking, Jesus. they actually can, and that's the scary thing for hey, Liverpool. Yes, sir. Honestly, I, 
I think the worrying thing is, though, for both clubs is that you've let so many centre mids go. Like, we shouldn't be in this situation, yeah. like, sort of scrambling to sign one before the window shuts. I mean, Chelsea have got rid of the likes of Kante, Kovacic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I know a couple of them probably did need to go. Jorginho went in Jan as well. So that's four, like, really experienced players that Chelsea have sort of let go. Liverpool are the same with Fabinho, um, Henderson, Milner. Um, Nabi Keita and stuff like that. So it, it's like you said, it's you shouldn't be in this situation where it seems like you, both clubs are panicking. And I think the club, the selling clubs are a little bit in control of the situation now, just adding the fee. Every, as every day goes by, they're just adding a little bit more onto the fee and just stumping the price up because they know that both clubs are desperate. But I, I agree with Charms. I think over the weekend, you, you'll see some movement early next week. And I think um, Kaiseida will end up at Chelsea and Lavia will end up at Liverpool personally that's what I think um, I've been looking at Twitter for the last two hours and it's not dying down this Liverpool Kaiseido but again I, I just can't see it I can't imagine it I can't visualise it it makes no mathematical sense the wages as well everything everything um, but anyway well, let's yeah, get on to the match that's, that's the only thing yeah I, that's the only thing that I thought was in your favour was that Kaiseido was you know Publicly, it was well known he was only on like 15 grand a week at Brighton. So I can't imagine, even with his new bumper deal, I can't imagine he's looking for, you know, the 250, 300 grand that Bellingham's looking at. So maybe yeah. it's more realistic from that perspective. Mm. Maybe, but uh, like you say, he, he was linked with Liverpool. We can all first, dream, Scott. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel he was linked with Liverpool first way back in like October, November last yeah. year. Then in January, he was begging to go to Arsenal, so he had his heart set on Arsenal. Now, apparently, his choice is Chelsea. He's desperate to go to Chelsea. Um, obviously, London's not too far away from Brighton, so he won't have to move up to the the northwest. But uh, yeah, let's just see what happens. Um, I'll believe it yeah. when I see it. If Kaiseido goes anywhere near Liverpool, um, but yeah, let's get on to the game Sunday. Um, I'll kick it off. Liverpool are an absolute shambles. Travis has took great joy in watching our preseason <laughs> friendlies. Uh, it's like Kevin Keegan's Newcastle in the mid nineties. We're going to try and win every game five four. It just doesn't stack up. There's no shape. There's no cohesion. There's no control over any game. We haven't even got a formation, Dan and Charms. You've got to listen to me. We haven't even got a formation. Never mind a, a DM. Who we can we can fit into a formation. We don't know if we're going to be going three. Box three, we don't know if we're going to be going four, two, three, one. We don't know if we're going to be four, three, three. We can't be four, three, three. We haven't got a DM. It's just an absolute shambles. So I'm predicting a high score game on Sunday. Um, but I think the only thing in our favor is for Pochettino is you just, we don't know how we're going to shape up. So how's he going to know? Um, but it will make for an entertaining game for the, the neutrals. Um, but for you guys, in terms of Chelsea, what kind of formation do you think you pick and who's going to be in the starting lineup? Bearing in mind, I've already tipped Mudrick to be man of the match and absolutely give us a slap in with this hybrid, no right back nonsense. He'll run a right on the left. Um, and I know Dan said he's in his fantasy football team. So I imagine backing <laughs> me up with that. Yeah, uh, I think the, the formation is probably pretty set. 4 2 3 1. Uh, has played that as far as I'm aware. Uh, at every club he's been at. Um, that is what we've seen in pre-season. Um, the only obviously problem with that at the moment is the double pivot. There is not really 
a player that uh, has established themselves as a double pivot. The only or the one with the most experience or the most game time in preseason is Andre Santos. Um, and as much as I think I'd like to see him, I've got a sneaky suspicion. Uh, that we're going to play Leslie Ugo Chukwu at the weekend. He's the only kind of other true DM in our uh, in our team. So I have a, a sneaky suspicion we'll play him. Um, but if not, there's always a possibility Gallagher could play in there. But either way, there's quite a few players in this Chelsea team, you know, with Nkunku out, that are going to be playing for the first time um, on Sunday. So yeah. I think it's going to be cagey to start. I think there are going to be a lot of mistakes. It has the, the potential to be a high-scoring game, but I think it's going to be one of those where each team has 25 shots, each team has 24 shots off target, and it ends up 1-1 or something like that. Okay, um, have, have it, don't play anymore, yeah. Dan, so I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, I don't know. As, as, long as, as long as Nicholas Jackson stays on for 90 minutes, we've got a chance of finding the back of the net. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Are you saying, Chubbs, 4-2-3-1, and you get a pick a team to start an 11? Uh, and can you say Ugo Chukwemi, if that's it? <laughs> hey, for hey. Ugo Chukwu, first of all, that's that's gonna be that he's got he's gonna be in my DM all year on FBR. I think the value's crazy, but we'll get to that in a bit. But um, yeah, I feel like four four two three one is is the clear set out formation that we'll, I can imagine we'll be playing with for the rest of the season. I mean, we've seen it with Poch's Tottenham how good he was at that formation, at like the you know the transition from defence to attack. Uh, my main concern, as Dan said, is just like where are we gonna get this second pivot from? Because like obviously we have we have Enzo who's, who can do well in DM. But it's just I'm I'm struggling to find out but who's gonna get who who who's there who's gonna be there on Sunday ready to perform because Conor Gallagher like I don't even want to think about the kid in the Chelsea top for, for, for as long as far as I'm concerned so I'll I'll probably be imagining that Ugochuk is the one that's going to be being played it's going to be a good little spotlight for him as well because I can imagine a lot of people aren't too familiar with him so say he has a decent game I think it will be. It'll be very good for him and his confidence for the rest of the season. Obviously, we're probably going to end up with Caicedo to fill that in. So, he's going to end up playing in the Championship at, um, before September. But, um, yeah, um, I, I, I feel like the, the, the sort of the format and the layout is kind of more um, more stable than Liverpool right now. I'll, I'll put it like that. So, I feel like that is definitely going to give us the advantage on the day. Obviously, being at home is a big advantage. But, yeah, like, Nick... It, I, to me, it all comes down to whether Nicholas Jackson's got his shoes strapped on properly because he's. It, it's all going to come down to who's going to be the one scoring the goals for us. I mean, will Sterling go back to form? I don't know. Is Sterling even going to start? I I couldn't tell you. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm really curious for the first game of the season because I feel like what we see at Liverpool is going to be a good indicator of what we should expect throughout the rest of the season. Obviously, it's a massive, massive game. And I feel like that's going to be a big part of that. Not just it being the first game of the season, but playing a rival at home. I feel like we have to, if we want to say, listen, we had a bad season last year, but we are coming for a Champions League position this year. We have no Europe and we're going to buckle down on this tour. We've got to win 2-0 minimum. Honestly, I, that, that's how I feel. It's like the battle of the underachievers from last season, isn't it? So it's like, this is mm. one exactly. that you just do not want to lose. Whoever can come out victorious in this, um, it will set them up for the rest of the season. But do, do you care to try and pick an 11? Is Sanchez the keeper signed now? Yeah, is he yeah, in the squad? So will he start straight away? Will um, to be well, if you if you believe the rumours that are floating around today, Kepa's the hottest goalkeeper on the market because Bayern Munich have gone in for him after a personal recommendation from Thomas Tuchel. 
And then Thibaut Courtois has done his ACL and Real Madrid training. And they're reportedly are not Kepa as well, as, as well as De Gea, who I think will yeah, go yeah. to Madrid as he's the, the logical choice. Yeah. But yeah, Kepa could well be on his way to Bayern Munich. So, I mean, while I thought Kepa would start, Sanchez could well be in line for a, a debut on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Chilwell, Reese James, both fit. Sent yeah. back Thiago Silva, partnering who? Fafana's out again, isn't he? Oh, well. Partnering who? Who do you think, Scott? Oh, He's going to be Come the on. rock. <laughs> We're signing him, aren't we? 26. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard rumours. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope, I hope Cole will start. So I imagine he will. And uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he will start. I mean, the only other switch that I think he could do in that back four is Disassi. Uh, for Thiago Silva, but I think he'll go first game. I think he'll go stability. I think yeah. he'll go Thiago Silva. Yeah. And Reese James, I was torn because Malagusto's had a really good preseason, but Reese James just been announced as captain. There's no way that Reese James does not start on Sunday yeah. unless he gets injured in the next two days, which I wouldn't be surprised at. <laughs> so Ugo yeah. and Enzo in the centre, and then who's in the three then? Yeah. Could Sterling deputise uh, in the middle in place at Nkunku oh. if Mudrick takes up position on the left? Yeah, I would. I would imagine that's the case. Like it would. I would rather Mudrick would be the one on the left and Sterling the one on the middle rather than the other way around. Just obviously there is a seniority as well, but also with the comfortability. Like we've seen Sterling in that sort of attacking mid role. So and I don't like. I'd see Mudrick's one of them. One like, I would just prefer him on the left, feeling comfortable to try and build because he's at the point right now where he's still so unsettled that let him just get confident in the position he's originally designed to play. I don't think it's a time for him to start going and trying out new positions and trying to do fun stuff and whatnot and be exciting down the middle because he hasn't even exciting on the left yet. So let's try and work one um, one step at a time, you know what I mean? Not kind of all at once trying to do the ultimate team situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, And Sterling, uh, as I said, we've seen him in that middle role. So I can imagine that's how it's going to be. Uh, yeah. And up top, obviously, you can't. No one's rubbing out Nicholas Jackson anytime soon. Who's who's that leave on the right then? I think uh, I've got a sneaky I suspicion do. he's going to play Ian Matson. I reckon he'll play Gallagher in the hole at ten, and I reckon Ian Matson will get a chance out wide. That's where he's been played in pre-season. Although he's a true left back, um, I don't know whether obviously Mudrick will you know traditionally be on the left, Matson will be on the right. I don't know if they will both play or whether he will just reluctantly give it to Sterling out of experience, but. Based on form, there's there's no way that Sterling starts this game. No, really. Oh, he's how, been awful. He has been good. How his star has fallen. Yeah. He's still getting in the England squad, isn't he? Yeah, but that's Gareth Southgate. Yeah. yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not. The, the one Harry Maguire's still in the England squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a good point. That's a good that point. Now, the one bit of pushback, I will. Oh, Unkunku, it's massive, no, isn't it? Yeah, what the Nkunku thing being missing? Yeah, it's it's left yeah. a, a gaping hole. It, it, yeah. Of course, in 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 the team, as as you can expect. Uh, but yeah, the the only one bit of pushback to that is is like, do you not think that? Obviously, I know Sterling's been poor in preseason. We spoke about it time and time again, Dan. But in the end of the day, when it comes to seniority in first game in the season, and who do you want to be playing against Liverpool? Sterling is the type of guy that can switch it on for that game in a big game situation. He's been there so many times. And I know that there is a reluctancy mm. because of the pre because of the preseason sort of form. But preseason is one thing, and how much effort do they put into preseason? You know what I mean? Because of the risk of injury before the start of the season and whatnot. And obviously, I I, I don't know, man. He he he's been there before, li literally mm. and figuratively. So I can imagine I can imagine yeah. that he 
he does have that desire to go in and get one back. But from from that, reversing that, the fact that he's been there before and been there for so many years, I just feel like at this point, Sterling is so predictable and he has lost the element to... He's lost the element of surprise when going one-on-one with defenders. And uh, Scott, I'm assuming it'll be Robertson playing at left-back at the weekend? Yeah, yeah. And Rob, Robertson's got the beating of Sterling every day. Robertson's probably a better left winger than Sterling is a, a better winger than Sterling's a winger. Like, there's there's no way... I mean, Ian Matson, the only thing that, that he has on Sterling is, obviously, well, obviously youth, pace... And then the element of surprise. Robertson doesn't really know what he's coming up against. And also, Matson's a fullback. He knows, you know, what's difficult to defend against. So I think that, again, yeah, would give Matson the edge. But I'm, I'm being very biased here because Matson's just a player that I've been pushing to get in this Chelsea squad. So Speaking why of Sterling he, why, being a thorn yeah, in our side. Sorry, Charles. Why has he been playing on the wing? Sorry, boys. Why has he been playing on the wing if he's a fullback? Is it just he had a lot of injuries? Time there? We, got too, we got too many left backs. We had Kukurea on pre-season in, in the US. We had Kukurea, Chilwell, Lewis Hall and Ian Matson. And Lewis Hall got barely any minutes. I think he only got 45 minutes in five games or something. Um, Kukurea got way too many minutes. Kukurea was even deputised as a centre mid at some parts. And he was, well, actually, I'd say that that was probably the best 45 minutes he played all pre-season. But yeah, it was it was pretty much just giving Chilwell and Kukurea 50% of games. And then, yeah, Matson played the first game against Wrexham from left wing. Uh, and he scored two goals. Um, and then from there, it was pretty much him playing off the left and him, he, he played in the 10 in one game as well. Oh, nice. Speaking of, yeah, Achilles heel to Liverpool, Raheem Sterling knows all about Liverpool. I'm delighted that N'Golo Kante and Christian Pulisic have left the club because yeah. them two always have a man-of-the-match performance and, and against Kovacic. Liverpool. Kovacic and Kovacic, well. Kovacic yeah. against Liverpool. Yeah, I'll never forget that top corner screamer from the edge of the box. Um, I'm just going to jump in the comments. Ravi's in. How you doing, Ravi? Um, glad you've joined us. I've seen you in a few streams. Really appreciate the support. Uh, question, how do Liverpool fit Harvey Elliott in the team? Answer, they don't. He's rubbish. <laughs> uh, the issue is as well, Liverpool don't want to overpay, rightly so, but Liverpool need a DM badly. The fact we need a DM badly, Ravi, means we're going to overpay. That's uh, But that's on FSG. They've been... Absolutely abysmal in this transfer window, this supposed rebuild. They've laid all the cars on the table. We look vulnerable. We look desperate. They know we've got money in the bank when Fabinho and Henderson left. We could have played it shrewdly and kept it quiet, got someone in and then sold them. It's just been it's been horrendous. Uh, which players for Liverpool will play 90 minutes versus Chelsea? Right, I'll go through our team in a moment, Ravi. Let me just go through these questions of yours. Question for all, which players do both Chelsea and Liverpool need to watch out for for each other. Uh, yeah, we'll answer that in a minute. Right, yeah, so on to Liverpool. Like I said, we've got no shape, no structure and no formation. But our team is pretty set, definitely in defence. Everyone knows the defence. Canate, Van Dijk, the two fullbacks, Alisson. Because we've got no DM, I think he's going to do this kind of dub- double pivot with McAllister and Sabosle. Sabosle is not a double pivot player. I can tell that already. The jury's already out, out on him. He's had less than convincing preseason. He looks a bit sluggish. I'm not saying he looks overweight. He just looks off the pace by half a yard. But that leaves us with the 3-1 formation. And I think he's going to be dropping Cody Gakpo into a kind of midfield number 10 role and I'm not even sure how that's going to fit but that's you can see now with me mentioning this team why it could be 5-4 to either team it'll be Diaz on the left um, 
Gakpo in the hole. Jota will get a start, I think, and Salah will get a start on the right. That'll leave Nunes, the odd man, out of them them five forwards. Um, I don't know about you guys, but you must be lip, licking your lips at the thought of Sabosley and McAllister in the middle. Um, and, and this is the thing with Liverpool, all right? 60 million ballers like Sabosley, they are an absolute marquee signing for us. For everyone else, that's kind of a squad player like Mason Mount. I see Trav's little grin. Uh, <laughs> you know, you talk about Arsenal dropping 40 million on a reserve keeper. I know it's been reported that it went down to 30 million and now he's joined on loan. But, you know, these 30, 40 million marquee signing for us is 60 million. So, Bosley, it's not even a question. He has to come good. Our margin for error under FSG is so small that Sabosley has to be the real deal and he has to start the season well and on fire. And how he's going to do that without having a DM to protect him and allow him to foray forward, um, I'm, I'm worried. I'm absolutely worried. And this is props to Chelsea and why I think Madrid will be man of the match. This is probably the last game... Uh, probably a way to Stamford Bridge is always hard for Liverpool and a way to the Etihad Man City is always hard for Liverpool. Don't mind going to Man U, don't mind going to Arsenal, but a way to Chelsea, this is the wrong game to have Trent wandering around in this hybrid hybrid fullback role. Yeah. I think we're going to get exposed. Um, I think it would be madness to carry on this kind of experiment or if this is the, his plan going into the new season, I think we're going to get picked off. And... I'm going to jump in there nice and early with the score prediction. I think we're going to get slapped around 3-1. I think Chelsea are just going to feel revitalised. They're going to make um, advantage of being at home. I think if it was at Anfield, it'd be a different kettle of fish. I think I'd probably tip us for the win, but we were horrendous away from home last season. And I mean, absolutely horrendous. We couldn't, get anything going away from home. We looked scared. We got overrun. You must have remembered that nil-nil at Stamford Bridge in April, was it? You absolutely battered us. Yeah. Battered us. How we got out of Stamford Bridge oh, with a nil-nil? Yeah. Nil, it was, it was, it was it, the game well, that was just a bit of a non-starter. Was it Kai Havertz as well? Missed yeah. a couple of one-on-ones. Kukurea had the game of the season, the game of his life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. that's when you guys were in the mud. You were really struggling the yeah. next minute. Liverpool come at a time yeah. and you absolutely slapped us about. So, yeah, I'm hitting it straight in. Prediction 3-1 to Chelsea. It's going to be a horrendous start for Liverpool. I presume we'll pick up three points at home to Brighton in the following game and then we'll drop again away to Newcastle. And it's going to be an absolutely Hiroshima atmosphere on Twitter. Liverpool fans will be going absolutely ballistic because the transfer window is still open. There you go. Trav, how do you think it's going to go as a neutral? Yeah, I think Chelsea being at home, I've got to take the game to Liverpool and I think they will. I mean, I've watched quite a bit of Chelsea this pre-season off and on. I think they've, they've looked very good. Like They've looked structured. They've tried to play on the front foot. I like the fact that Pochettino, like you said, notoriously plays a 4-2-3-1. They've gone to a back four and Chelsea have always flirted between a back four and a three quite consistently between the managers that they've had. But I'm glad they've gone to a back four now. I think it's what the majority of football fans want to see, exciting football with full-backs getting on the overlap and producing crosses and stuff. I think with Jackson being a little bit of a complete forward as well, I think that suits Chelsea. They've always had that Drogba, Diego, Costa type 
like target man type striker. And I think Jackson can be that. But the difference is he's got blistering pace as well. And he's got an eye for goal. I think he's a good signing for the money that Chelsea paid with, without a shadow of a doubt. He's young and I think he'll cause Liverpool problems. And like, like you said, Scott, the fact that you're playing this sort of hybrid with Trent tucking in, it's like a lot of teams are doing that from an offensive point of view. But the scary thing for Liverpool is I don't think defensively you're good enough at the minute to be like you said experimenting with that because when Trent tucks in and the ball breaks down I think it gives Konate just so much work to do and I don't think he's like massively comfortable defending in wide areas and like you said quick transitions if Mudrick's on it and stuff like that like it, it could get sticky so yeah I'm gonna go 2-1 Chelsea I think Chelsea will not dominate from start to finish. I think there will be spells where Liverpool will be on top, but I think Chelsea will just edge it with the crowd behind them. Poch's first game, it's like sort of written in the stars for a Chelsea win for me. So Jackson's the player to watch uh, for Trav. Charms, who out of the Liverpool team is worrying you? Is it still Salah? He loves a goal against Chelsea. Has he still got it in him? Well, it ain't Van Dijk, but uh, yeah, I, I, I reckon it's probably going to be Mo Salah. Uh, I reckon he's always, you know, I mean, you'd be silly to go up against Liverpool and not be worried about Mo Salah having a brace, you know what I mean? He just pulls him out of the bag all the time, you know, he's kept you, he's earned you guys so many points just off his own back. So I'm a bit more concerned than you are. I mean, you sound pretty damn concerned, but um, I, I, I feel like, I don't know, man, I, would, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if this game ended up a draw. Uh, I can see it being quite high scoring, to be honest. I feel like both teams are going to be very, very aggressive to start off the season. Be shocked if there was less than three goal scores, to be honest. I feel like it's just going to be what, going back and forth, back and forth. A lot of energy, a lot of tension, a lot of aggression, a lot of need. And as you said, like with it being Pochettino's first game, it's going to be really interesting to see how much the Chelsea, Chelsea are going to want to perform in front of their fans. Bit of an apology, bit of a swan song for the last season. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you know, Liverpool, the perfect team to go in there and, with all respect, batter and feel good about ourselves when we're leaving the bridge. You know what I mean? It's been a, it's been a long time since Chelsea fans have left Stamford Bridge with a sort of release. You know what I mean? With like a, that felt good. That felt like we went in there and performed because a lot of the time I was at the bridge last season. I was leaving after a one nil victory, just going, what was that? You know what I mean? Like taking my missus all the way down to Stamford Bridge to show her this, and it's bloody one nil. We celebrated the goal in the twentieth minute. And hung onto it with our lives for another 70. So I yeah. pray that we don't play like that. And I can't imagine we will. I can imagine I'll predict 2-0 flat, uh, as I said earlier, just because I feel like that's a comfortable result. But uh, honestly, if it ended up being, as you said, Kevin Keegan numbers 5-4-4-3, it really would not shock me. Dan, um, is Pochettino put his stamp on the team yet just from what you've seen in pre-season he obviously his trademark is hard working teams and the question there how do both teams approach a game in the first 20-30 minutes have Chelsea shown that high intensity high energy already under Pochettino yes uh, in glimpses uh, there are still quite a few players in that side that are not match fit are not fully fit yet a lot of them are youngsters so I think a lot of them obviously went into pre-season with a bit of extra enthusiasm, started the, the game against Wrexham. In, against Wrexham, and I know it's Wrexham and it's pre-season, we looked particularly good. And the reason that I was impressed was because a lot of those starters were guys that had never played for Chelsea ever before. These were their first professional minutes and they looked so assured. And 
we've got, yeah, in Levi Colwell, Andre Santos, Ugo Chukwu, Carney Chukwemeka, Ian Matson. There are so many youngsters in there that are looking to prove themselves. And I do think that, you know, we, we know how good Poch is with youngsters, how much he likes to nurture the youngsters and push the youth wherever he is. And that is something that I think will benefit Chelsea massively. You know, everyone knows how good that Cobham and, and our academy is, but we don't put enough emphasis on it. Frank Lampard was the last manager to push the, the youth players through the side. And that was the best feel-good factor that we have had around Chelsea. You know, we weren't even winning trophies, but that was the best feel, you know, that was the best atmosphere around Stamford yeah. Bridge in the last five, 10 years. And that was because we were getting behind the team and we were getting behind players that we resonated with. And that's what Poch needs to do. I think he has started to put his brand on, uh, you know, in the, the very set formation, the way you know, quite a few players in there have been nailed on from the start. You know, they've played all five games in preseason in the same position. I think he's got a fair few players that are his favourites, i.e. players like Nicholas Jackson, who set the tone with their hard work. And Nicholas Jackson is a player that I cannot wait to watch this season just because of how much he wants it. And I, I really feel like when it comes to the price tags, obviously you said earlier, Scott, um, that 60 mil is a marquee signing for uh, you know, for Liverpool. If Chelsea had dropped that on Nicholas Jackson, I don't think he would have started as well as he has. I think the price tag and the pressure that comes with it is such a big thing and particularly to lead the line at Chelsea when we've had, obviously, the curse of the number nine for so long. Um, he's dealt with it incredibly well, settled into the team incredibly well. Um, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because at the end of the day, Premier League is a different kettle of fish and a lot of these players are 19, 20 years old playing their first professional minutes in a Chelsea shirt. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll predict 2-1 to Chelsea. I've got to back Trav. Uh, but I can't lie, I'm a bit worried. I mean, I know you said, obviously, Liverpool are conceding a lot, but you guys have six, seven players in there that can score 10, 15 goals this season. And yeah. players like Lewis, you know, you, you said, who's the player you're most worried about? I'm most worried about Luis Diaz. I think he is the best forward in your side with... Salah kind of coming to the end of his his peak, I guess. He's probably got one, two years at the top before he starts to decline. I think Luis Diaz is a player that could really hold on to the, you know, take the mantle, carry the torch for Liverpool. Um, but obviously, Nunes bagging in pre-season. You know, there's a fair few players on three, four goals in pre-season. So, I think... I think, That's I think the it's, weird thing. I don't think Nunes is going to be in. Really? Klopp hates his guts, man. He just yeah, can't get a does. game. <laughs> he can't get a game. I don't know why either. Just literally... <laughs> Like you can like tell, he's harder than anybody else, scores more than anybody else, but substitute. <laughs> yeah, every game, and he wants to play down the middle as well. I, I, I mean, Gapo. Don't get me wrong, Gapo came in in January and did he did very well in that sort of false nine role. I think, like you said, Klopp's had Firmino for so long. He probably wants somebody who can sort of drop in and link the play like he like Firmino did, and that's probably why he's chosen Gapo. But I just think with Nunes natural attributes, the pace he's got and the strength, he needs a run of five, six, seven games playing through the middle. Even if he just plays a little bit like Marcus Rashford does for United when he plays up front where he's just looking to go in behind all the time and you've got someone like McAllister who can find him and slide him with those three passes, you might see a little bit more of an effective like Nunes, but when he's in and out of the team, then he comes on after like half with half an hour left and he's on the left and that he's not going to get any rhythm. That, to me, I've been saying it for quite a while as well, haven't I, Scott? I don't think Klopp is 100% sold on him. Like, he watches him train every day. There must be something that's putting him off because you wouldn't spend that money on him 
and not give him a run in the team. I, I just can't put my finger was, on it. So, sorry, was, was Nunes a Klopp signing or was Nunes an FSG signing? Well, no one ever knows, but yeah, yeah I think I think he was Klopp's. Obviously, he really uh, flattered in our games against Benfica in the Champions League. Wow. Obviously, I, I really wanted him. So did Travi. wanted him at Man United. Yeah, they were United. heavily linked with him. Um, but I just remember last season, there was a thing come out where Nunes is not picking up English and it's becoming a bit of a problem within the squad. And Bobby Firmino didn't speak English for about four years. So I think Trav's right. I think Klopp doesn't fancy him, doesn't trust him. Um, yeah. Obviously, that comes off the back of him getting that early red card last season. He, he does seem a bit of a, a loose cannon, a little bit childish in a way when he writes his stuff on social media. I don't know. Um I don't yeah. think he's going to get a sniff in the first game or two. I think it's going to be settled. Diaz is off the left. Gakpo is going to be in the centre. Jota is ahead of Nunes even. And Salah's just a fixture on the right. Um, Ravi says that Jones... Uh, I Can, can see I quickly just say... Go yeah, Thomas. no, I just wanted to quickly say exactly, exactly what you were about to talk about there. I mean, can we can we start a petition to try and do everything to get Ravi to be the manager for the game on Sunday? Because I would happily see, Costa, I, I, I would happily see a Costa Simicas playing a left-back and uh, Curtis Jones in a six. That would make me very, very happy, I must admit. I, I, scout, I skirted over that. Where was it? I thought, I'm not putting that up. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, it did say that. Yeah, yeah. Robo, no way. Samikas is not <laughs> playing left back. He's absolutely horrendous. I wanted him sold as well to finance Caicedo. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, Jones. Caicedo. Did Jones play there for the England under twenty ones and do all right? Jones is not. Yeah. He's not a, a DM for us, and I don't think he ever will be. Um, where do you think Chelsea have the most joy in the game? I've already said it. Mudrick is going to cause side. murders down that left-hand side. It's going to be him coming of age in the English Premier League. He's going to feel right at home come half six on Sunday. And I've tipped him for man of the match. So that's where I think they'll get the most joy in the game. Uh, Jackson, Pochettino will have to manage him well to stop him getting burnt out. What age is Jackson? He's only young, isn't he? 22, yeah. I thought his name was Mauricio. <laughs> <laughs> Mauricio yeah, no, Pochettino. He's 22, but he had a fairly big injury at the uh, in the middle of last season, hip injury. I think he was out for a few months because then he came back for the last 10, last 12 games, I think it was in La Liga. So he missed a fair chunk over the middle of the season. And obviously he's got, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to AFCON this year. Is AFCON not this year? Yeah. I think I year. saw someone say it's not this year. Yeah, it's, it's next year. Fine. But yeah. he's obviously you know, another player that, and that was something that I don't know if Chelsea are thinking about long term, but you know, it's all well and good having a number nine that bags you 20 goals a season. But if we have big games during that month period where he's at the African Cup of Nations, yeah. it's going to be like, did he yeah. drop all over again where we've got no striker? So, What about the other lad who went on loan to Southampton when he did his knee, the young lad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what, what's, is he fit? Yeah, so he came back. His ACL injury was, I think, eight months ago now. So he's kind of only just getting back. He was back in time for the US preseason tour, but they basically said stay back at Cobham with the rest of the injured players and right. work, do individual training, whatever, which I was disappointed at. Um, there's been talks of him potentially going on loan. West Ham are reportedly interested in taking him as well. Um, okay. But the one thing that I didn't think about, someone actually said this to me, and I'm, I'm a massive fan of Broya. I would rather have yeah. Broya over bringing another striker in. I think he's got all the tools to be a complete 
you know, brilliant centre forward. And he's still only, you know, 19, 20 years old, I think. Um, but the one thing that someone said uh, is obviously if Chelsea go through with this Lukaku Vlahovic swap deal, um, Vlahovic is Serbian and Bro is Albanian and they uh, hate each other. No so way. I think that would pretty much mean that Broya would have to leave because they wouldn't be able to spend all that money on Vlahovic <laughs> and then just have a bickering in training all day every day. <laughs> I think we play. I think we play a four-four-two with both of them two up front, and they'll be desperate to score more goals than the other one. <laughs> it'll be like no, it'll be like, like plan. it'll be like Nicky. It'll be like uh, yeah, Nicky Button, Kieran Dyer all over again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, was it Nicky but Lee Boya and Kieran Dyer? Lee Boya, yeah, Lee Boya. Oh, that was yeah. classic. Um, Nicky Bart. So, yeah, just to finish up, um, been 40 minutes now. It's a clean sweep for Chelsea wins. I'm 3-1, 2-0, 2-1-2-1. Not looking forward to Sunday even less now. Um, but obviously, the, the ones that I feel sorry for is McAllister. He's going to be a great signing. Uh, I hope that Sabosley is going to be. But the fact we haven't got a DM to protect them and give them license to go forward, I think it's going to hamper their start to their Liverpool careers. And it's going to be like a bit of a mishmash of formations and, and team selection for the first, at least until the window closes anyway, we know if we've got anyone in. But does my um, negativity give you better hope than it did 40 minutes ago, Dan? 100%. And it, and it, well, we dropped our prediction video yesterday and I've put Liverpool to come second. I still think I've got, I just think, and I'll go back to my point, I think you've got six or seven players in that team that, that can have 15 goal seasons and Chelsea only have two or three players that I see that realistically happening for. And I feel like there's just, you know, we saw Liverpool have a terrible season last season, but even with the shoestring budget, even with the awful seven, eight months that you had, you still pulled it back out. You still got European football because Klopp is a miracle worker. And I just think over the course of a season, he he will be able to do very, you know, the, the, the talent that he has at his disposal, particularly in that front line, is is ridiculous. And I think Liverpool, as obviously weak as they are in midfield now with no Fabinho Henderson, I still think Liverpool are two, three signings away from challenging for the Premier League again. I'll take that. That's the me. problem is, I, mean, I, I don't mind. I, very, very soon. I'm fond of our no, 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 11 sure. charms, but two or three injuries and, and we're dead. That's my, my problem. Yeah. And, you know, the injury situation is something that's not, you know, dissimilar to Liverpool. I mean, it's something that you guys have been relatively used to, along with all, all, all of the top six sides in, in truth. But, um, yeah, I, I heard you guys finishing third. I thought the exact same thing as Dan. The only the only thing that stopped um, me saying second or even first was just the fact that I thought the two other guys above you have just got a bit more strength and depth and a bit more cohesion at the minute. You know what I mean? Uh, partic- particularly, I, thought, I, thought, I think Arsenal are going to give it another really good try this year. I think that they, they've made some really good acquisitions over the summer. So I, I think that they'll they'll be the ones that will be the most challenging once again. But um, yeah, you know, I've, I've been worried about Liverpool this season. I feel like every... Every great team is going to face these hurdles. And, you know, as Dan said a million times, Klopp is just an absolute miracle worker. He just pulls it out of the line uh, every single time. You know what I mean? He gets you guys out of the fire when you guys need it. He somehow makes the right changes and you you guys end up winning a match 2-1 when you've just been walked all over. So he makes it happen. And I, I, can, I can see that trend continuing. Uh, but yeah, man, a couple of signings away from just absolutely dominating. I will say, I love the way that Ravi puts the word question just before everything. I, I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I haven't watched your predictions video yet, Dan Charms. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I was busy at work all day. On top of that, I was watching um, Eddie Hearn versus Simon Jordan. Have you seen that on yeah, TalkSport? Talk oh, it is box office. I haven't seen that it. yet. It's an hour video TalkSport, their, their clash. Uh, and then I was watching Simon Jordan's Upfront podcast. Yeah, he's got Frank Warren on it this week. So that was today's oh, wow. viewing while I was working, in case oh, my nice. boss is watching this. Um, but I'm going to watch your predictions tomorrow. But not to give a spoiler, Dan, if Liverpool are finishing second, obviously Man City are finishing first, I take it. Are you not rating Arsenal this season? Or are they comfy um, in third? I think, I, and I'll say what I said in the video, I think recruitment this season, fantastic. The players that they've identified, brought in all improvements on what they have. They've improved the squad. Brilliant. Um the lack of a number nine is going to hurt them again. Gabriel Jesus is already injured. Gabriel Jesus is already going to miss a couple of months. And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but Kai Havertz is not that guy. He has not been the guy in preseason. He was never the guy at Chelsea. And Arsenal fans can convince themselves all they want. I've seen so many Arsenal fans think that he's going to be their top scorer this year. You guys berated him at Chelsea, and you will see why you berated him at Chelsea. He is not... He's not going to step up and they just, I, I don't feel, I mean, even if they took a chance on Balogun, but they just don't seem willing to take a yeah, chance and Ketty is not going to, and Ketty is not going to step up. And I, I, I genuinely just think that Arsenal side is too heavily reliant on Saka and Martinelli for all of their creativity when, when Jesus is not there. And, yeah, I think that will hurt them in the long run. Um, and also the fact that other teams have improved as well. Um, I think pretty much everyone around them has had a good season. And to be honest, it was it was the top 10 was very competitive. I think out of the there are eight, nine teams realistically that could qualify for the Champions League or get in the top five and you wouldn't bat an eyelid. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised really? if it, it's going to be a very, very close season. I think the top top 10 is going to be very, very tight. Yeah. Um, if anyone's made it this far, don't forget to tune in to two blues and subscribe to them of course and watch that video it had nearly 600 views last time i checked dan um one last spoiler where have you both got chelsea finishing then we both agreed so i'll let charms take this one no we didn't i don't i don't think i had i did we we both went fifth no oh i thought oh i i, I thought i thought you had it in sixth well yeah we both went fifth place yeah, fifth. Like, I, I, um, what's it called yeah no you know i at least from my perspective I think that the fact that we don't have European football is, is massive. You know, it's it's the first time in a while that Chelsea are able to like look at the league and and just have their priorities known from the get go. That's everything, it, it, isn't the it? The last yeah. couple of seasons, I feel like what we do is we kind of see how everything's going, and if we leave the group stages, then we start pushing on with the Champions League, and then you know the bigger players can play in that, and then we kind of just kind of set our set everyone else aside for the Premier League. But obviously, that's not going to be the case this year. Uh, and I can't imagine we're going to be prioritising the FA Cup over the league. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I feel like this is the season where we're going to just be like, let's figure out who's going to be our starters. Let's play them. Let's get some goals in. Let's see what acquisitions need to be made in January. And then let's bloody make them. Let's get Caicedo in. Let's actually have a pivot and let's try and push. And I can't see if we have that with the winner's DNA that Chelsea have woven since, you know, the, Rome, the beginning of the Roman Abramovich era. I think anything less than fifth will be an unsuccessful season, even off the back of the last year. So I take it you've both had Man United in fourth, and I was watching the overlap, you know, with um, Gary Neville and Jamie Carrigan and all that. None of them had like Newcastle in the top five or six. 
because they're all Newcastle. Nate reeling off the the names. Are you or have you two got them in? Fit I put New, I put Newcastle fourth. Wow, where's Man United then? Man United are sixth. <laughs> right, right. Listen, we've <laughs> got to watch this video. We've got to watch this video, Trav. You watch it straight after this. It sounds box office. I'm, I'm looking forward on? to it tonight. Mason Mount as your main. Come on, come on. When Casemiro, when Casemiro gets sent off second game of the season, Mason Mount, Bruno Fernandez gets injured, and Rasmus Holland hasn't scored a goal when it's December. Come back to this video. <laughs> When you're right. ten hog out in a month's time, Trav. <laughs> when you're begging for Solshire at the wheel. You know, I can't wait to watch this video now. Really, I'm really looking forward to it. Really. I hope everyone that's watching this is also. Uh, we peaked at 10 viewers. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Ravi, thanks for making it all the way through. Uh, you're an absolute legend. Going to give you the last question because you've told us this is a question. Thoughts on the Highline Liverpool that we play? It's going to give us problems. Van Dyke's not the player that he was two years ago. He's he's not on his last legs, but he just hasn't got the... Yeah, 32 now. Um, he's You've just got no, like, Wijnaldum's and Hendo's pressing in midfield either. Like, just yeah. balls are just going over the top for fun. It's just ridiculous, man. The word I use is control. We've got no control over games anymore. It's going to give us big problems all over the park, especially in defence, getting run ragged. Without protection, it's all so much is going to hinge on this signing of a DM, whoever it may be. I'm going to get back, back straight on Twitter after this podcast and see if there's any more links to Kaiseido because he's the one that I want. Uh, uh, lads. Got, got real quick one for yourself. Yes, mate. Do you think that Van Dyke did end up as the greatest centre back in Premier League history, like Liverpool fans were pegging him to be, or do you reckon, do you reckon mm. reality's kicked in at this point? Just, 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 I just wanted to hear it. This is a bit like the greatest Liverpool player debate. Okay, the greatest ever player to play for Liverpool is Luis Suarez. Oh, the greatest. <laughs> Your favourite player, the ghost goal. Costa Simicus. The greatest ever Liverpool player is Steven Gerrard. So there's differences there. For that one or two season, Van Dijk was just a colossal. He was like a brick wall. He was like a phenomenon. He has not been able, had any kind of longevity. Longevity. He come into his peak or his like his greatest years too late. Uh, he spent too much time in Netherlands, then in Scotland, then at Southampton. You know, you can't be you can't be comparing that to Rio Ferdinand, who was smashing it at the That's age true. of twenty. John Terry, who was smashing it at the age of twenty. So, in terms of Premier League greatest ever, no. That's not to say that for one or two seasons he wasn't the greatest ever centre back. Yeah, so no, it's I was different angles. I just had to hear it. Just had yeah. to hear it. <laughs> so yeah, look, he's not in the conversation with John Terry, Rio Ferdinand anymore. Some people say Tony Adams, Levi Colwell. He wasn't in Gary Cahill. <laughs> <laughs> I think even hey, Thiago Silva was better than Van Dijk now. Yes. Right, lads, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. But the talking has been talked. It's time to walk the walk onto Sunday. Um, we're, me and Trav might be doing a, a Sunday morning coffee stream just to see how everyone's feeling. Talk about Saturday's games. All excited that the Premier League's back. 
Hope everyone tunes in to watch that. And we'll definitely be doing stuff around Man United Wolves on Monday night. If not a, a live watch along altogether, Trav, see how you're feeling. Cool. Dan, Charms, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, um, cheers, guys. Can't wait to collab again in the return game at Anfield. Make sure you both attend that, yeah? Available. 100%. We're there. Nice one. Right, cheers, lads. Cheers, boys. Nice cheers, Scott. Thanks for having us on. Pedro! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! <laughs>